water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things Avatar. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to Bending the Elements, and Avatar podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, and those in between. Absolutely. Uh, today we're covering book one, chapter four, The Warriors of Kyoshi. So it's it's great to be back on the show. I mean, I always love covering this this series. Yeah, no, I'm glad that it's and certainly a quick turnaround as well, quicker than the last two episodes. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to do like an every two weeks kind of release. I feel like because we, we've already got so much to do with our current show that we do, the Novice Elitist. But every two weeks, I think is pretty manageable. Shameless plug. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just fair to say, you know, because <laughs> we already do so many shows together. So I guess we'll quickly do a little bit of the background stuff before we fully jump into the episode. So this one is directed by uh, Giancarlo Volpe. Giancarlo Volpe. Maybe that's how you say it. I don't know. But yeah, he continued to work on this series for quite a long time. Giancarlo Volpe. He was on it even, I think, until the end of the series. But Nick Malls, who wrote this episode, this is the only thing he's done for the series. Didn't do anything before or since. So... Yeah, John Carlo, I remember, I, I don't know if he's, I think he might be doing stuff in Korra. I could be wrong on that, if I'm remembering correctly. And I also think, like Laura Montgomery and several of the other uh, behind-the-scenes workers, I think they also worked on some WB stuff, such as the Justice League series, or certain uh, DC direct-to-video movies. Yeah, he apparently worked on Justice League of America Adventures Trapped in Time. Oh, which I have no clue what that is at all. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, you don't need to. There's there's no need. <laughs> You're good. But do you have any, do you have anything to say before I do my little plot summary before we jump into this episode? I actually can't think of really anything uh, to say. I, once we once we start watching the episode, uh, I'll have plenty more to say. Uh, so me being under the, under the influence of some purple liquid. Uh, I, I can't fully read my plot summary that I wrote, so I'm going to leave for Isaac to uh, take over that for me today. So, <laughs> Plot summary. Continuing the journey of Team Avatar as they make their way to Northern Water Tribe, we open this episode with them stopping off so Aang can take a ride on some elephant koi. Aang enjoys his time surfing the seas, as well as showing off to Katara, but his fun is interrupted when a local sea monster decides it's time to chow down on some surfing fish. That is the Unagi. Aang manages to escape, becoming a quick snack, but the team is captured by the Kyoshi Warriors, an order founded by a past earthbending avatar of the same name. After this group discovers that Aang is the avatar, our team is invited to an extended stay on Kyoshi Island, the original locale of that past avatar. Katara tries to practice some waterbending and prepare to move on, but Aang is not too keen to leave as a local gang of girls has decided Aang is the bee's knees. 
Aang and Katara have a clash of egos as she becomes jealous of the girls and Aang's head melons up as the praise continues to grow. But on the other end of the triangle, not not that kind of triangle, Sokka <laughs> recognizes the skill of his fellow warriors and asks to be trained by Suki, the leader of the group. Aang, with his ego the size of an elephant koi, decides his next trick is going to be riding the sea serpent we met earlier, the Yudagi. This proves to be a wrong move, as Katara is forced to come to his rescue after the sea serpent proves too difficult a mount. She saves him just in time for Prince Zuko to arrive at the island, rumors spread of the Avatar's presence amongst the village. Sokka joins in the Kyoshi warriors in defense of the village, but none are a match for Zuko's fighting prowess. Zuko and Aang face off as the village is set ablaze. Aang gets the upper hand, but is disheartened to see Kyoshi's village burning to a crisp. So he finally makes true on his attempts to ride the sea monster, the Unagi, and succeeds, using its water, blowing breath, to put out the flames before our team heads off to their next adventure. That's so funny. You do the same thing I do, where you read it, but you kind of improvise at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if I, like, mulligan that. It's all good. I, I do the exact same thing, so... I totally understand it. <laughs> well, I think without further ado, let's get this episode started. So if you all have your legally or illegally purchased uh, copies of this episode, uh, you know, get times at zero again. We're not, this is not a commentary per se. This is just <laughs> us going through and we're going to talk about it uh, and, and just gush about it. Honestly, let's, let's, let's do this. Ready? Yeah. So we'll get the intro that we get every time, which I always enjoy, you know, it's a nice way to kind of set the pace for the episode. It's a great way, honestly. It's it's just like Star Wars films. It's a great way, or at least the first three, um, <laughs> of telling the audience exactly what's happening without mm-hmm. ever like having to recap, like a perfect recap, even though they start recapping later on. So now we're inside Zuko's little chamber, and we see him meditating. I kind of like that. It's almost... Of the previous fight, we see him... Uh, or his previous victory, excuse me, uh, the last episode against Zhao, he's actually starting to take, I guess, maybe some of uh, Uncle Iroh's advice and is actually, well, we'll see in a second, um, him actually breathing and doing breathing practices. I, I like the, <laughs> how, you know, when as he breathes in and out, his uh, the candles go more light and then, you know, they dim. Yeah, I've tried to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more kind of uh, reflective, which is nice for uh, Zuko because he definitely didn't have that vibe early on in the series. Even though we're still like early, early on in the series. Yeah. Sorry, I just get distracted watching that scene there. <laughs> Good scene, though. Yeah, and it's, it's nice to see Zuko and Iroh because we're really not going to see them for the majority of this episode. They kind of disappear until they show up at the end. But yeah, so we get a nice scene with Team Avatar. We're just kind of chatting a little bit and having a nice little time together. Katara's kind of complaining a little bit at the, the two of them, Sokka and Aang. But before we jump into the, really the real plot of the episode, once we get to the elephant koi. Wow. Okay, I'm still on. I'm still on the scene with Zuko and Iroh because, like, we're. I'm taking this like you know, milking every inch of these of this show out if I can. Um, I love in the scene like inside his chamber, which I think remained the same since last time. Obviously, maybe remodeled after Aang kind of. I won't say demolished it intentionally, but you know, I had a tendency of blowing things away. I love his little uh, shrine, uh, with the with the dragon head, probably made out of paper mache. But then, of course, we have Iroh, you know, coming in very comedically saying, like, we have no idea where the Avatar is. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
he keeps zipping around everywhere. Like he, first he's going in the north or he's in the South Pole. Then he goes to like this the, the air, northern air temple and then he goes here, 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 here. We don't know where he's going. So I like the fact that they don't yet are keen on like knowing, oh, he's going to the North Pole. Like I guess it hasn't settled in in their heads that he's going to train, which you think that because I think they eventually get on to they, they know that he's not obviously a master yet or doesn't know the other elements, but you would wonder if that was like, that'd be the first thing that they, they think of. It's just like, Oh, he's only knowing he, he's only pounced us with air. He did stuff with water in the first episode, but he hasn't done anything with earth nor fire. So he's not fully trained yet. And the fact that he's 12 years old should have also like, you know, been <laughs> a big sign of like, yeah, he knows nothing at all. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't think they've quite realized that yet. <laughs> the master of evasive maneuvering. I love that. <laughs> Jump cut to like, uh, Sokka, you have no idea where you're going, do you? <laughs> Are you over at the Elephant Koi yet? No, I'm still on Appa. Oh, interesting. Talking about, uh, what, you know, bringing up another thing of this episode. Of course, oh, yeah, no. So Aang's obviously trying real hard, real hard to get Katara's attention. Because I think this is the first sign. I think, yeah, this is, this is the episode where we first see... Um, more of an infatuation slash Aang wanting to have maybe, I don't know. Do you think that he's, this is him showing signs of being interested in Katara romantically? Um, We'll certainly get into that, especially near the end of the episode when he tries to ride the uh, sea serpent. Yunagi. We'll discuss exactly what he means by that. Yunagi. Exactly. But so they arrive at the elephant Koi. Um, Was that what they mentioned the first episode? It's been so long since we covered that. <laughs> For pit sakes. Yeah, it's, it was the other McCoy, but I just want to keep... Sorry, man. I'm, I'm going to keep going on about this. I love his little trick with the marbles. That's... I just love that. Especially, I love the little, like, sound it makes. I know that's probably, like, anachronistic, and that sound probably doesn't exist in that world, but I just love what he does with, like, those two little uh, marbles. <laughs> this, this episode really, like, might frustrate some people, but I finally, like, after probably the sixth time watching this... Maybe not six, but like after the, this this run, I watched it or this viewing, excuse me, I've watched it. I finally got it. Why? Like maybe some people don't like this first season or whatnot. It's because Aang doesn't take things seriously. Mm. He's 12 years old. No, I think that works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, there, he is literally a time traveler. Not even he's a kid frozen in time. He doesn't realize the fact that he's in war. I, I think I mentioned this before, but like he doesn't realize he's in a war. Like he's just taking things willy nilly because he thinks like everything's things like things were back in the day. He literally does not realize the weight of the world, and is that wrong for him? Like, yes, he ran away, but like now, I sh- I shouldn't I I probably am defending him a little too much. Like he probably <laughs> should like you know man up. No, and and we'll get into it as the first season goes on, but characters repeatedly try to drill it into his head like, hey. You're in a pretty serious kind of state of affairs. You kind of have to realize that this is not just funny games anymore. Definitely takes a while for him to finally kind of clue in. Yeah, it's not like the the show isn't saying that, but I feel like the audience doesn't fully realize. Maybe some viewers don't fully realize like, yeah, he is kind of being irresponsible and being a 12 year old. But would any of you do the same thing if you were in the same situation? Like if you're all 12 do you really think that like you you'd want to like be, i guess depends on the background i'll say that depends on the background that's fair but anyway uh 
one theme, especially since you know, with Sokka later on, is um, telling Katara that you know, girls fix pants, fix guys' pants, <laughs> and, and all it's, it's the natural order of things. Yeah, it's one of those episodes. Yeah, a little bit of a misogynistic kind of uh, underappreciating the female element kind of value to Sokka. Yep. Which he's definitely corrected on as this episode goes along, which is nice. Yep. But it is the first, I guess, part of the, I guess this whole season, it's, it's plants the seeds of misogyny uh, in the season. And it is not the last time we're going to see it, but we'll, we'll get to that eventually. I do have a point of that that I want to bring across, but I'll certainly bring a, I'll, I'll point it up when we see uh, Suki later on. Hmm. So now we're finally on the island. We're, we get there. Very nice island. I love how it's snowy. Again, it's all based on it's it's all winter time right now. So it's all, you know, cold, snow. There's no leaves on the trees right now, at least in the area they're in. Still closer to the South Pole, by the way. Forgot about that. Yep. Yeah, and Aang's enjoying kind of showing off to Katara, riding on the elephant koi. Just kind of having a good time overall, as Aang always likes to do. Until and then he just literally strips in front of the two of them. By the way, I like that. Again, I think certain monks. <laughs> well, that it's like cold. Um, goes in the water is freezing. Yeah, that's something I would do. <laughs> certain monks, I believe, uh, don't show skin, whereas he's clearly showing skin, which is funny. At least not in pirates. Excuse me. Just kind of active, like competitive people, like they don't really care about that stuff. It's not a, that's fair, a big deal. Again, this is a different type style of monk, so yeah. But he's riding along, kind of, you know, kind of having a good time, trying to impress Katara, and then like he's trying to see if she's doing anything, and like you get her attention, and all of a sudden, like she goes, even though she's, you know, led away because of Appa not eating something <laughs> he's supposed to. And then the Unagi comes in. Go ahead. The old Unagi. Yeah, which is super cool. I love when it shows that shot of how big he is compared to it. Yep. In this episode, some of these scenes that kind of lean more into the comedy element of the show. Almost oh, certainly. <laughs> Just in terms of uh, the anime quality to it. Certainly. Like the scene when Aang finally gets a glimpse of how big the Unagi is. And we, I don't think we don't even see the Unagi just yet. Um, we only see it's one of its fins. It's, it's dorsal fins. Nothing else. Yeah, it's giant dorsal fin. Yeah. Yeah, then the warriors of Kyoshi show up and tie them all up. I gotta say, I love the animation. I know you might think it's ugly, but when he's running on water, which is awesome, it's very loose. It's very fluid. And it, he looks very like elastic and or uh, rubbery. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> he's rubber man, but I think it works. Yeah, it feels very anime-ish, which you definitely get throughout this show. But yep. that, that scene in particular really stood out for me. But yeah, disaster averted. He avoided the Unagi this t- this round. I don't even think we'd get its name just yet. No, not yet. But anyway, yeah. Then um, all of a sudden, some warriors attack, and they the, the scene that not the scene, but when um when Sokka asks next, you know, like, oh, where are the men that attacked us? You can clearly see it's women. Yeah, like you can clearly see the braids. But then again, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they like knocked him out, so we couldn't tell. Uh, no, they only they only put like blindfolds on them. Oh, there you go. Blindfolds. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah, and Suki is like the leader of this group, right? You'd think? Yeah, she's basically... And there you go. We're the men who ambushed you. It's like, that was us. Um, yeah, she's basically like the de facto leader, I think, of this pack, this pack, this pack of warriors, excuse me. Yeah, because I wrote that in my notes, but I wasn't 100% sure, so... 
She is wearing a headband that the others aren't wearing, so I assume that's the case. Unless I'm wrong on that. I gotta check them again. That's fair. But Aang very quickly proves to them, like, hey, I'm an airbender. We even see that foaming mouth person, which I feel like we see later on in the series as well. Oh, yeah, they aren't wearing headbands. The person is like, oh, my God, it's the Avatar, and he starts, like, foaming at the mouth. We see that person later, right? They are wearing they are wearing headbands, that's right. But it's, she's wearing, uh, Suki's wearing an actual, like, kind of like a decorated headband that or crown some sort that kuyoshi herself probably wore so probably she's like the master or something like that of this pack um i think katara said something about like sorry about my brother's misogynistic comments or something like that that was kind of funny but (laughs) i know kuyoshi blah 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 (laughs) i am her that's what i am um getting some exposition i gotta say even though the statue is kind of faded away it still looks pretty good Mm -hmm. when they paint it later Yep, say. I agree. And of course, you know these these guys being in a, I would say isolation. Well, they're on a you know isolated island, not connected to the north or anywhere. I do I just do like the fact that they still like believe the avatar is not there. But that makes sense because he hasn't shown up yet, except to those sage the sages around the world. Excuse me. And then does yes does the trick which is amazing. And then yeah the foamy mouth guy which some people like laughed out loud too and and rolled on the floor laughing i i don't find it funny but that doesn't mean it's not funny it didn't get a lot of laugh out of me basically yeah did he appear in a later episode in the series you just he only appeared in when they go on avatar day oh that's right Mm. yep that's the only other time he's shown he's not the cabbage guy or spoiler character excuse me oh yeah the cabbage guy Mm -hmm. we see him in the next episode actually uh, yeah, exactly. But that's that's for next episode. <laughs> Spoilers. Um, then we see how word gets out of Aang being there. Though I'd like to think that it took a while, at least a day and a half, because it goes by three people: a uh, fisherman, and then a market trader or market a shopkeeper, excuse me, and then one of the guards on Suko's ship. So I gotta say that at least takes like a day. Yeah, and Aang's definitely like a big, like popular figure in the village. Everyone's kind of like, "Holy crap, the Avatar's here!" I mean, we mainly see it through the eyes of like twelve-year-old girls, but <laughs> everyone's pretty hyped that they have the Avatar among them. I love the little bit of Zuko finds out. Oh yeah, Aang's there. Let's go. And <laughs> I was like, "Uh, you're gonna eat that?" I hope that's not like a weight joke. Of of course, I, I just hope that's just a. Uh... A, a lovable like oaf joke of just like oh yes the, the uncle just wants to have food no iroh just loves pleasures of the flesh so yep <laughs> I, I, I wait what of the fish flesh i hope not i don't know i forgot what happens to his wife uh the the flesh is in he's always obsessed with like tea or food or anything like that or relaxing <laughs> i see okay so not just not just sensual stuff yeah. makes sense <laughs> um but you know then leaves and we see that not only he's popular, but he's actually kind of improved the positivity of, 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 or the morale of the entire village, which this is a small village, by the way. I hope, I don't know. I, I don't want to ask how reproduction is used. I would assume it would be from off Island, but it is interesting. That it is a very, very small village, but they're redecorating the entire town because it's like the angularly his presence being here. He's instilled life uh, and hope given hope to the people. Again, it's, it's nice. Yeah, and since the uh, the warriors of the village are all female, Soka, he he feels some connection to them. Or Sokka, did I say Soka again? 
<laughs> You're really going fast tonight, aren't you? Like just just trying to like get through this episode. Oh, uh, well, what time? What's your timestamp? Maybe I should try to sync up with you. My timestamp's eight oh one. Oh yeah, mine's ten forty six. So, <laughs> As I, that's only two minutes. Funny enough, it is. It is funny though. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, but we see. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're talking. We're seeing Ang and Katara. They're they're eating a buffet, which is a whole other thing we're gonna see in the next episode as well, where it's meals on wheels. <laughs> Everyone man, like, dang, like the crew is hungry. I, I bet the crew is hungry. But you know what? It actually it satisfies my anal tendency of anal retentiveness. I guess that's the term of <laughs> protagonists not eating in a in like a long term story. I do like that because it shows that they're actually eating stuff. Like they're actually human in a way. And the idea of like, Oh, when did they eat this meal? Like where did they aren't, shouldn't they be starving to death? Cause I always do have a problem with that when they're out in the wilderness and they're not eating meat and not even don't even eat. They survive somehow without any resources. It's like, okay, I don't want absolute uh, realistic realism, but at least like some logic of like, haven't eaten in days should at least start like, you know, l- loss of energy. Cause if you're, if you're hungry, if you go on like four days without any meal, like we're talking like snacks here and there, like small stuff, not like a hearty meal. You should, you should be like exhausted. Like you shouldn't have any like way of moving. Cause that's, that's insane. Like that, that I don't know about that, man, but people have done it. I, I will give them that people have done it. Though it wasn't good for their bodies. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But yeah, Katara's all smug now as as as, as uh, Sokka's in his corner having he's you know, he's he's in his feels right now. Uh, shut up in my feels. Uh just about how I guess sexist he is. The fact that girls took on him and but it's weird because he was raised like all the men are gone in his in his tribe, or at least in his uh village, excuse me. And yeah, the women are raising him. I feel like he'd have much more respect for them in that in that sense. I just feel like he's surprised that they're warriors. Like he's kind of like, oh, you know, I'm a guy, so I just must automatically be stronger than you. Yeah, kind of thing. And also, we have to keep in mind that when when this episode came out it was 2004, mm-hmm. and I guess there was still. A, actually, I'm blanking. Like, if was there in other action shows a big push for like female? I guess is female empowerment the word or females can, you know, take on, can, can be action heavy as well as guys are. I mean, Cynthia rock, rock, Cynthia Rothrock. But of course, Mila Jovovich had been uh, kicking butt for many years at this point. The uh, Resident Evil franchise had existed since 2002. And uh, I think Underworld is starting to like 2003. So the kind of push for female action stars had been going on for a long time at this point. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So I guess that was also influenced on, or other animation television shows also took up that guy. And there was life as a teenager robot as well. So and Powerpuff girls. So I guess that was, <laughs> that was still in there. I, am I coming? What am I coming across? Is this episode of its time or was it way ahead of its time? I actually don't know. I, I don't know what I was say. Well, Sokka is presented as kind of like, kind of being a little silly and outdated, where he's kind of like, oh, you're a bunch of chicks, like, I'm a bad kind of dude, like, yeah. of course I can kind of whip you guys, but they immediately turn it around and beat him up, and he becomes humbled and has to be like, okay, well, clearly you guys have more skill, teach me your ways. He even kind of adapts 
their style in terms of like dressing in a dress and using a fan. Oh, hang on. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> oh, I have. I don't know what timestamp you're at, but. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I haven't even moved yet. I'm still at like 807. Well, that's your own problem. I mean, come on. <laughs> I'm at <Dude>. like 1423. <laughs> Says you. You paused it. <laughs> I did because I was like going off on a tangent and whatnot. And I was going to keep going and whatnot. I just want to keep going like past <laughs> this. Agree. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. So <laughs> he's going off and showing them. I like his little when he steals some food or give him a piece of his mind. Excuse me. Give him his money's worth. I like when he's stealing, or not stealing food, but when he's um, acquiring some food there. I like the almost uses of frames where, like, we only go on, like, ones and twos instead of, like, or, yeah, twos um, and not fluid one, where we would see, like, him grab the fruit and then come back and you would see his hand. It's just, like, quick frame and quick cut. I, I like that. That was, that was pretty good usage. And back to your thing of, like, Japanese animation is influenced on that. And then, you know, Aang's like, oh, this place is great. And Tara's like, uh, it's not a good idea to stay here for long because we trouble might be coming. As the song goes. You're, unfortunately, even though you're painted like a target, you kind of are a target. More so than, nice, more so than Robin ever was. And then we have, yeah, a bunch of scenes where, Aang is getting gawked at by all of the ladies, albeit eight-year-olds, I'd say, and up of the village. Yeah, I mean, I would say around his age. And it's nice to see the connection with him and Avatar Kyoshi. Because, again, in the last episode, was it the last one we saw his connection with Avatar? Um, it's been a little while since we've done our last episode. So was it Roku that we saw last time? Yes, Avatar, Avatar Roku. Okay, now we immediately jump over to Avatar Kiyoshi, kind of tying back into his history a little bit more, which is nice continuing on. No hand push-ups, like a boss. Yeah, again, we're at different timestamps here, so it's <laughs> causing some confusion. But... <laughs> but yeah, it's nice to see them very immediately on, kind of drawing that connection, continuing the mythology of the avatars. Yeah, expanding the world out, eh? Mm-hmm. So, where I'm at, at least, we're now Sokka confronting the ladies and um, challenging them and coming all like a goof from a McDojo, being like, oh yeah, my martial art is better than yours. A McDojo. <laughs> Trust me, you'll, if you're in that <laughs> world, you'll understand. Oh boy. It's basically a bunch of like, you know, back in the 90s when martial arts and death touch and all that stuff was, was a thing. You know, you had all these like posers and imitators think like, Oh yeah, I'll teach you like how to knock a person out just by doing like these three simple steps. And they were popping up like McDonald's. So that's why they were called McDojo's. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you know, Sokka, this isn't going to work. She might kick your butt. Cause everybody knows if you come in, you know, challenging somebody and saying yours is better and not coming in the way you do it later on, you're going to get shown. <laughs> Especially with the person with fans. I also love this episode for the fact that we actually get some hand-to-hand combat, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I know you probably don't like it. Like, oh, but I thought all the bending elements are based off of real Chinese martial arts. Like, yes, they are. But again, it's range combat, not up close combat. And I don't know what martial arts they use in this, but we got some of that, which is nice. I really enjoy all the scenes with him and Suki. I enjoy their kind of uh, relationship 
or interaction. Angie, good grief. What is it about this place, Ang, that uh, you like about it? Who knows? It's Angie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's very... It's all the girls who like him. <laughs> yeah, but it's making Katara injury, so I want to give her some space. Yeah, and, and again, I talked about in the first episode, there was some kind of setup of the kind of relationship dynamic between the two of them. I feel like this episode furthers it by showing her kind of jealous side. Like, she's like, hmm, why are you trying to show up to all these other girls? Like, that kind of makes me feel bad about myself in a way. Do you find that angle a little uh, generic and or a little envilicious almost? Yeah, it does feel a little bit like this episode overall feels fillerish, especially with how little uh, Zuko is present in it. Okay. I appreciate the kind of building on the Avatar element with him going to a village that's kind of focused on Kyoshi. Built around an Avatar. Yeah, and I, and I appreciate the introduction of the Kyoshi Warriors. But otherwise, it, it feels very much like a filler episode, I think. Yeah, basically starting off the will-they-won't-they they, uh, uh, plot, if, if you will, or arc, if you, if you want to say that. Yeah, with, with Aang and Katara. Yeah, we I mean we start the episode with him trying to show off to her. Yep. And that angle continues all the way to the end until she has to come and rescue him. Yep. When he finally wants to take like a big bold move and try to ride the sea serpent. Well, again, just to impress like all these other ladies and then but really it's just to impress her. Yeah, because he even tells her, like, hey, come to this thing. I'm riding the sea serpent and she's like, eh, whatever. Like, I don't care. And they kind of leave in like an awkward moment where he looks back all like, oh, is she going to come? And she pretends not to be interested. And then once he leaves, she's like, oh, boy, like, I wish you wouldn't do that. So <laughs> that's typical TV drama, if you, if you want. Yeah, and I've, I've maybe been in some relationship moments similar to that in a way. Oh, well, I mean, if it's if it's applicable <laughs> to real life, then I could be wrong because I've never had that happen to me before. Although maybe not so much in romantic sense, maybe in uh, friendship sense. I feel like I've uh, acted that way towards my friends. So I I've, maybe to you especially, I apologize for that. But I feel like I've done that before. If you have, I didn't notice. Um, we're getting... On to uh, more of the episode. We have now Sokka's thought it over. He's really like, all right, how do I change my approach to like, you know, showing up these women? Uh, there's a saying, not an old saying, but just a saying, if you can't beat them, join them. And that is exactly what he's doing, where he comes in instead with words of egotism, he comes in with words of id, or at least of uh, understanding and acceptance. And wanting to learn. Yeah, which I really appreciate. I thought that was a nice turn for his character. Because he's been so arrogant throughout this these first couple episodes. <laughs> it's nice to see him humbled. Uh, arrogant, yes. But I, I do like his scene, though, in um, the previous episode where he's he is looking out for Aang's mental health, though. That was kind of nice. Or at least maybe not mental health, but trying to cheer him up and, and keep him happy, at least. Or distracted from the truth. Given that, there's no arrogance there, I think. Well, he seemed a little bit more like kind of pushy because Katara was one kind of trying to cover it up and Sokka kept being like, oh, you can only do this for so long. Eventually, he's going to catch on. So I guess I was thinking during the airball uh, event they had, one game they had, that's where he actually like humored Aang of like, all right, let's 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 go at this. That's fair. One thing I do want to say, though, is um, the Kyoshi uniform or Kyoshi's uh, garb that she wears and you know the Kyoshi warriors wear. 
Do you think it looks girly at all? Um, not not particularly. Some of the makeup, I would say, feels a little bit more girlish, or at least effeminate. Yeah, effeminate. Yeah, exactly. But not not overall. And I I do appreciate that Sokka, because it is a little bit more feminine. I appreciate that he's like, well, if I'm going to train with you guys, I'll kind of accept your ways and, you know, dress up and wear the makeup that you guys would wear. Yeah. Even though it's funny that Aang came over and was like, hey, you know, basically you look like a girl. But <laughs> that, yeah. I don't, what, do you, what do you think of that moment? It, it seemed fitting enough for Aang. Aang's like 12 years old. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. You just think that, again, being raised the monkey, kind of like be more respectful and not make those kind of comments. No, not Aang. Directly or behind the back. Not Aang. Aang likes to rib, especially Sokka. Yeah, that's true. He enjoys kind of ribbing him. So there's there's a back and forth between the two when it comes to the ribbings, even though he's vegetarian. I did really appreciate that Sokka was trying to accept that stuff a little bit more, though. He's like, okay, well, you guys clearly have more skill as warriors than I do. So I'm going to kind of accept your ways and, and try to learn from you guys as much as I can. I thought that was a good moment for Sokka. Here's the thing, though. Did it happen too quick, if I may ask? Uh, I, I don't think so, necessarily. I think Sokka knows that he's a little bit of a fraud. <laughs> like, he tries to put on the airs, like, I'm a, I'm a you know, BA kind of warrior. But he's not really. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, and he knows that he's not really the kind of warrior personality he puts on. Yeah, deep down, he's not really that great, kind of like me. Yeah, so, so I appreciate him coming to them right away being like okay you guys you guys have some skill so how about you teach me your ways i I appreciate that from him yep that's true um yeah and we'll see a lot of him being humbled more in the future which is which is nice good good arc for him absolutely ongoing arc i'll say that and then we have ang and katara again more more of that stuff yeah ang does his whole display where he's like i'm gonna ride that sea serpent that i couldn't ride the first time well, I hope you do. Guitar at first puts on the air is like, oh, I'm not going to come watch. Like, I'm too busy trying to practice my water bending on my own. But she shows up anyway. And yeah, it does not go well for Aang. I like the bit when they do have their fight. There's at least one thing that if if you didn't like the fight, or not the fight, but the exchanging of words, of, of generic words, of being overly dramatic and melodramatic, excuse me. Though they are acting like kids, so... One could also say, like, oh, they're acting like kids. What a shock. <laughs> it's almost like we're watching kids. I mean, you came to a kid. This is a kid show, so... Do you think this is how kids act sometimes? Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, so this is actually all in character. So as overdramatic as it is, that's what kids are about. It's If it was like, no, I was not like that when I was a kid. Well, guess what? You're not the only... Like, that's not the template that all kids have. All kids aren't, you know, stoic, not not you, but like aren't stoic stuck up and have their collars, you know, choking their necks. Some kids do act this way. So, you know what? I'm not going to say it's justified. Should we display it? Should that be how kids act? I mean, first off, yeah, these kids don't have parents. Let's, let's get that out of the way. They're not like any other kid because they don't have parents watching them. There's no parental figures. They're literally just like doing this all on their own. Stranger danger. Well, I guess there is a stranger trying to get them, but it's a guy who's not even that older than that they are. So it's a teenager for Pitt's sakes. Um, but anyway, in that in that scene, in that scene, excuse me, of of the fight, or at least the exchange of words, excuse me. Uh, the one 
good setup is that Katara is practicing her waterbending, which we'll see uh, when uh, later on with the during when he's actually going to go see or try to surf on the Unagi. But before we see that, we see again Sokka now doing some moves, doing some of the motions, the techniques of of the of of Kiyoshi, mm-hmm. and uh, well. Certainly having a problem first, I'll say that, as everybody does. Yeah, Suki's kind of throwing him around a little bit. <laughs> Pulled his force against him. As soon as she said that, I was like, so is it Judo or Aikido? Like, I, I have no idea. All I know is that Sokka, I get the impression that he's kind of a self-trained kind of warrior. Like, maybe the adults weren't really around for him, and he kind of had to form his identity himself so oh yeah and there is that whole idea especially in the martial arts community of self-taught versus taught by somebody else and but that leads to the whole you know chicken and the egg scenario which came first like eventually somebody had to teach somebody or somebody like martial arts itself had to start out by self-teaching mm-hmm. because how else is that supposed to how else is who's the teacher then like who who started it all so <laughs> But, but the idea basically is is a self-taught person who goes who either doesn't even have access to like YouTube for instance and either uses books or comes all comes up with everything independently of of the already existing in some other society or somewhere else do they win against a person who's trained for years with all the knowledge available to them that's that is the question and at least at least nowadays I'm pretty sure the those that actually do like, you know, train with the knowledge that already exists have an edge over those who are self-taught. But that that's not just like, maybe not only in martial arts, that could also be in different other uh, topics and activities in life. Yeah. I mean, at least in this episode, Sokka definitely does not have the edge over the Kyoshi warriors, but I don't know about real life. So, <laughs> That's that's fair. Again, I'm just pondering. It's not really. I don't know if there's an answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, now we're at the now I'm at the scene of Aang, you know, trying to still impress the the girls of the village, and they're like, "All right, we're you know we're bored. We 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 got nothing to do around here. Literally, they don't like like collect leaves or something like that. Who knows? It's a small island, <laughs> smaller than you know the island pier. I know what I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you know. I, Aang's like, oh, I need more material. Uh, what do I do? Oh, there's Katara. Hello. And then they have their whole like, I'm sorry. I acted like a jerk. No, I acted like a jerk. No, you're being a jerk. Actually, it's more one-sided. It was all Aang's fault. <laughs> yeah, and Katara manages to rescue him just before Zuko shows up. But we set up a little bit here that the uh, sea serpent has water breath, which will come into play at the end of the episode. So... It's actually funny. I'm looking at the Unagi right now, and almost the shot that comes out after or, or after the cut, the commercial break, we cut to Aang on top of the Unagi itself, and I actually thought they were on like a, a submersible. Oh, really? Because like, oh wow, it's kind of colored like a submarine. But this is actually one of the, I think, spoilers. I think this is one of the only creatures in the world that actually can like breathe water, which is kind of funny. You know, that that is an interesting feature. And, and again, it comes into play as uh, Zuko shows up here. Um, 
Hank's got to really be a lot more careful, by the way, because Yunagi is, you know, a beast, right? Like, he's just, he's just a, well, I don't say normal, but it's a, it's a sea creature. Aang is really got to be careful because he could have died there had not Katara, you know, come to his aid. And right there, we have the, um, with the moment I said earlier about uh, how does Katara get out of the water? I, I like this as well because, uh, or how do they escape? I, I like the fact that she's clearly not, um, has full control over her, uh, not even, I guess she's technically novice level. Um, but what does she do instead? She doesn't even like, you know, attack. She uses kind of almost Aang's method, even though that's kind of the discipline of water is that it's both attack and defense, but uses it in a defensive term and just pushes herself away. I I like that a lot. I don't know why. No, yeah, I, I, I totally accept that. Mm. It's a nice little moment there. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so Zuko and his little army shows up. Did, did that, is that what scared the Yunagi away, by the way? Yeah, I, I get the sense that that's what scared it away. Okay. Yeah, uh, Katara manages to save Aang, and then just uh, coincidentally, Zuko shows up at the same time, and the Yagi's like, okay, I better get away from here. It's a little too active for me. Yeah, that's right. I sense trouble brewing. More <laughs> trouble than I need to know. Yeah, so Zuko shows up, and he's in kind of, uh, you know, beat everyone up mode. He's just kind of like, where's the avatar? If you don't show me, I'm going to beat you up. And the Kyoshi warriors try to like, hey, get out of here. This is our town. But they're no match for Zuko. So <laughs> don't ride the Unagi. Not fun. I also like that as well. That Katara is at least good enough to be able to take the water. That's the excess water that's in his lungs or body that shouldn't be there and bring it out. That's I think that's even a setup for more to come with water building and then it's not just water externally or the one that sees water externally oh yeah that's that's definitely the first time we see that kind of element that waterbenders can deal with stuff that's actually inside human bodies so yeah i wonder if that'll lead to anything dot dot <laughs> dot we'll see but then we cut quickly back to suki and Sokka fighting or excuse me sparring training whatever yeah, we're gonna have a quick like stare down not even stare down but we have like a little western vibe of like oh where is he and all these men are like searching for him and that's when yeah the kiyoshi warriors come in yeah so zuko basically just wipes all the kiyoshi warriors out and Sokka. so ang and him have their kind of little combat towards each other which you know doesn't feel too different from the last time they fought in the second episode like they feel pretty pretty evenly matched i would think do, do, do you agree i'm still catching up <laughs> yeah he whooped the man like he's i think he's i think he's on high spirits because he he beat Zhao uh cleanly and honorably as well didn't do anything dirty like somebody did but he i think he's kind of still in high spirits like yeah i actually can do this like let, let's let's go um but yeah, it's it's all evasive. Like Aang is not well. There, that's not true. That that isn't true because uh, Zuko kicks away his staff, and then all of a sudden, I wish he did this more. He literally uses the air to like telekinetically. I know he doesn't, but like almost telekinetically grab both fans nearby, nearby Kyoshi Warrior fans. And I'm I'm just like baffled why Aang didn't. Obviously, it's it's a cultural thing, and the fact that. 
you know, it's it's his weapon and not, and it's Kyoshi's weapon, so he's not allowed to have it. But man, fans are 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 an airbender's weapon. Like seriously, like just this is where we actually see Aang attack. Like Aang clearly uses airbending to attack Zuko, and just flings him into a like clearly intentionally like wind blasts him straight into a building like no joke before like everything's been like i mean yeah he he manipulated that mattress to like smash him but mostly it's been evasive maneuvers or tricking this was intentionally like attack and that's interesting that his staff doesn't attack but his that these fans do that that was that was interesting kind of wish he had like a set of fans that he would defer to if he wanted to like get serious yeah no that'd be cool that'd be cool I mean, his staff is kind of uh, fanny in a way when he lets out the uh, flying parts of it. Glider. Glider parts of it. There you go. Yeah, when you... Yeah, that's, that's fair. He beats Zuko, and then there's a shot of him, like, looking down. Do, do you think that was him, like, saying, like, oh, I had to use violence? And, like, I had to... Yeah, I had to use violence against him. That's interesting. I, I'm sure Aang is not happy to be in this kind of situation. He just wants to hang out and have fun. Then this guy who's only a couple of years older than him keeps showing up and fighting him. He's probably like, oh, like, what's what's this dude doing? Like, what? why is this his life? Why is he chasing me? Yeah, it had to. It, I'm sorry it had to come to this violence that I actually had to, like, stop you. Like, literally just, like, smash you into a building with air. Uh, I wish it could have been different. Then we see them flying with Oppo over the village and Aang's kind of like, oh, man, like, I can't believe me just being here burnt this village down. What can I do to help? And then he jumps down and finally decides, okay, maybe maybe I can control this sea serpent and use his water breath to blow out all the flames. Shot of 2007, so 2007, funny enough. Uh, great image of Kyoshi, the giant wooden Kyoshi statue burning. That's that's some imagery right there. Um, you know, gets into his head like, this is, this is bad, this is not what I wanted. And... Then he goes to see Katara as he, as she, you know, gets some of the children inside, which is nice. And it does settle into his brain that, you know, what Katara said earlier, it's like, you can't always remain in one place or else. And they do make a good point is that it's interesting that Zuko actually, yeah, no, it's funny that Katara's then, then is like, Oh no, if we leave the village, then, uh, Aang will, or the, uh, yeah, yeah. If we leave the village, Zuko will follow. But I'm surprised that, Zuko didn't just hold the village at ransom again like he did in episode two. That's fascinating. Yeah, I, I think at this point they're just like, let's just grab the avatar and get out. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like it'd be smarter. Well, again, sorry, as a, you know, crouchy quarterbacking. But wouldn't they just do the same thing where it's like, okay, either you, you know, surrender or we'll burn this whole village down and kill all these people? Like, I feel that will always work. If you hold somebody hostage, like feel like he'd comply. Cause they certainly would know that he wouldn't cause, cause they would know that he wouldn't, um, give up a life just to run away. Like they know that they know that he's almost honor bound to, to be fair. Zuko is more of a plot device in this episode. Okay. Like he shows up more just, he, we see him very briefly in the beginning. That's true. Then we see him here. Um, spoiler for the next episode. I don't think we see him at all. He's not out there at all. Yeah, I think he's just here to be like, okay, how do we get the Avatar to move on from this place? Because he's got this big kind of ego problem. I'll show up and that'll get him out of the village. 
So, <laughs> no, but apart from Zuko and Aang's fight, we get a, a nice little moment here between Sokka and Suki. Yep. Where, you know, they, they kind of have an intimate moment where she's like, I may be a warrior, but I'm also a woman. And she kissed yep. him on the cheek. I thought that was a nice little moment there. Yep, that's true. Oh, I like like the facts are that when um, was, I think it was either Suki or one of the other girls, you know, tosses a fan, which I I don't know why that's so awesome. Just like tossing a fan like a boomerang. That's that's amazing. <laughs> um, but it just like smacks one of the guards in the head <laughs> uh, with like you know the standard fire bending armor or fire nation armor. It's the same problem I just had with um, with Rogue One with the sand when uh, Donnie Yen's fighting those stormtroopers and he kicks sand in their face and it's like you're wearing a mask, not even that a full on helmet that shouldn't be going like you shouldn't be affected by sand. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, there are metal fans to be to, to, to make to to be honest here, so I'm not gonna completely throw that they're like not they couldn't do damage, but even still, they're wearing armor. It should not be as bad or it shouldn't be as cussive yeah i i can get that but then they but then Aang, they, they escape on appa and katara's like yeah don't worry it's 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 fine they'll be okay and ang's like no i got an idea she's like what are you doing evening the odds and then like a boss free falls down into the water summons the unagi somehow grabs it by its whiskers if that's what i'm calling it <laughs> and it's like hey you breathe water and then just like you know like a fire hydrant or fire hose just like sprays the entire island and like a boss and takes out all the fire and also soaks all the firebenders and, and zuko and his squad excuse me and yeah the the village leader thanks him from a distance and ang gets his uh hug from katara in the end and the unagi also follows and that was episode four yeah i thought it was nice the end finally he kind of wins over the unagi after almost promising it the whole episode yeah he he won over both the unagi and he also at least got the attention of katara and i kind of kind of wish the this is kind of funny as probably is because of the avatar spirit because that's what it's called at this point that'd be funny if a lot of his the creatures that he comes across actually started following him around and kind of helping him in a way that that'd be kind of cool. Hmm. That's interesting. So it's almost empathetical and they're like, no, you, you helped me or you, I respect you for some reason and I'm going to help you in your quest. Cause you, you need us. And he, he certainly does. Oh, but I guess final thoughts for this episode. I guess I'll start. Yeah. This one, it feels a little filler ish. I appreciated that they're building in more into the Avatar kind of history with introducing Avatar Kyoshi and the Warriors of Kyoshi is a fun new element that they're introducing. I guess we'll see if it comes up in the future or if not. Um, but I, I appreciate that element because it gives Sokka a little bit more of a kind of ground to develop his character a little bit more. We talked about early on how he kind of has potential that's not really tapped into and he's kind of arrogant in his way so i appreciate that he was humbled in this episode but overall it, it felt a little bit fleet didn't feel like it had quite as much depth as the first three episodes did so it was more what you're saying is a little more plot driven than it was character driven eh? yeah it just it didn't really feel like it had much impact i thought 
Yeah, I wonder if this soured some people's mind or thought or feelings on the series when back when it was airing, or even those now, where it's just like, oh, are we doing like you know Island of the Week where we go the or vacation spot of the week? Like, it's like uh, was it the vacation movies um, each week? Not really, because it's not the journey. They're already here, so it's now they're at the destination and they're talking about it. Um, but. Literally, we, we got it in the first episode of like Angwa or second episode, excuse me. We, we want to, Ang wants to go to all these, you know, different destinations and see, and that's the whole world. You know, it's a, it's a road trip movie or road trip series, excuse me, TV, TV season, excuse me. And that's kind of what it was. So I feel like people should understand that that's what this is. It's, yeah, you know, I think, I think it's, I think it's needed. I know. Do Do you always have, especially since, since this was still aired on, on network TV, this is not Netflix stuff. This is not any of that like special series, like mini series. And I am appreciative of network TV sometimes, at least some of what they do. I'm not like saying they're better than uh, streaming service TV or mini series, like that. But I do appreciate these episodes because they make those plot driven shows or episodes much stronger. Because it feels like they're they're they are building towards it, and it justifies it. Mm. Like you don't always, you, know, you yes, you do. You do need some fat, but you can't always all be all muscle. And I, I do think it's an, an enjoyable episode. I really enjoy the introduction of the Kyoshi Warriors. So I think it's fun giving Sokka a little bit more to do. It certainly shows that he is misogynistic and sets that up. And then squashes that, or at least helps him build, um, improve basically his his mentality and his attitude, and find that there are other reasons. And it, it does give those a setup, like you said, for not just the Kyoshi Warriors, but the uh, Avatar herself, Kyoshi. Yeah, which is super cool. And if we'll see her more, uh, especially since we name drop her, like we, as you said before, we name drop both Roku and we just name drop Kyoshi as well. So. Uh, they will also be players uh, within this either se- season or series book, excuse me, book or the entire se- series. Yeah, it's nice, even if this episode feels a little bit more in the filler vein, that they're still building into the mythology, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's filler when it comes to character stuff, but world building, that's where, again, this season is known for, is it's, it's known for its world building. Absolutely. And I agree. So I, I am feeling this season or the season I'm feeling this episode. Uh, I, I agree that it, it could be filler, but I don't think it takes away from, I, I don't feel like it takes anything away from the characters um, because I guess I've convinced myself that it one, these are kids that are arguing about that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's kid stuff. Like You're yelling at kids. <laughs> they don't get it because they're not us. They're not adults, even though I don't act like an adult most of the time. Yeah, and it helps that the episode's only 22 minutes long. I mean, that, that that's the other thing. That's the other thing. And next episode certainly doesn't act that way. But that's for another time. That's for another time, yep. Well, hope you enjoyed this episode, folks. I mean, it's been a little bit all over the place, but <laughs> any final thoughts? Yeah, I think we'll be in a more uh, synchronized order next time, I, I hope. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know how we're going to get yeah, that to Knock work, on wood. But... <laughs> We're not final thoughts, uh, uh, last words, I meant. <laughs> Any last words? Don't ride at Unagi's, folks. Instead, befriend the Unagi's somehow. Which we also saw a fish be uh, devoured off 
panel or off screen really, which is scary. Oh, an elephant koi. <laughs> yeah, the elephant koi. Yeah. So rest in peace to that. But uh, <laughs> if y'all want to go ride the elephant koi, do you have to get consent first? <laughs> I feel like you have to, especially if you're making yeah. it a tourist attraction. Oh golly, that'd be terrible. If you're like <laughs> by that point in Koro or in like series after Koro, they there's a whole tourist destination of like using animals. It's like oh, that's even worse. I mean, it's no different than I was like, well, what about you know people riding on elephants? I don't or horses. Sure, I guess I don't know. <laughs> I'm ending it on a confusing note. Yeah, but uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode and uh, see you guys in the next one. Peace. Peace. But jumping into the plot summary, we're continuing the journey of Team Avatar as they make their way to the northern. We're continuing the journey of Team Avatar as they make their way to the northern water tri- water tribe. Um, we continue this episode with stopping off as Aang. Ex- just I wish I could send this to you, Isaac, so you could read this. <laughs> I mean, you could technically could by Facebook if you wanted to. Maybe I will. I'll see if you can read this. Or, I'm... or not even that. Not even that. Just send me a photo. Just send me a photo of it, and I'll I'll like quickly read it out. Yeah, when I got up to go to the washroom, twenty one twelve, I was like, "Holy crap! This whole room is spinning." <laughs> I mean, after the last film we did, of course, I understand why. Yeah, man, I wish Michaela were here for this. Ah, oh, she'd be she'd be loving this. Not not for you. I just mean like doing this. But hopefully, she'll come on eventually. Yeah, her response was, I'm happy to keep this as my comfort show and not review it, so. Oh, really? Okay. I guess if you dissect it too much, you kind of, like, start hating it. Yeah, it it could be. Maybe she just feel like... She said that she would love to talk about Castlevania, so. (laughs) Yeah, but the thing with that is that what I was trying to bring up was I actually wanted to eventually do Castlevania in this format on this channel when we're done with Korra. Not obviously... I said we would do all your other ones that you wanted to do uh, and get those out of the way. But eventually I was going to have us do Castlevania, hopefully with Johnny as well. But if we wanted to do like a series overview with everybody else, it's like, okay, fair enough. But I actually wanted to do like episode by episode. Oh, that actually works better because we could talk about it with each person. You know, bring someone on for an episode. Never mind. And I think I could be wrong on this. I think they just released season four. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. I think I'm going to check this out quickly. I know I know we're all over the place right now. What we have something to do. It's like, all right, hang on here. I'll, I'll just do this for the podcast. So due to my um, being under the influence of some brown or some orange liquid. What the... <laughs> orange. What? <laughs> oh, I'm going to mute myself. Hang on a second. Uh, so me being under the, under the influence of some purple liquid.
This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Enter at your peril. that you spoilers if you want spoilers uh i wish further down the road or ongoing or from here i wish we had Sokka actually practicing some of the moves that um suki taught her oh that's interesting kind of it's it's almost like it's almost like as ang's learning his techniques like he'll learn you know water earth and fire it's almost like i wish Sokka was able to kind of also be his own avatar where he's and i think he kind of end up doing that where he has all these skills that he acquires over the course of the entire uh series and is able to use them and he's in his own like little like oh he mastered all these skills as well like ang has mm-hmm. ang hasn't fully mastered all the skills oh spoiler can't can't say that <laughs> and somewhat of a spoiler she does come back eventually and we we see more of a development between these two characters so I'll put that in the spoiler section. <laughs> I wonder, actually, if we want to put this in there as well. I, I got to remember to ask this, like, when we're f- finished the series, I, I'm going to forget this. Who is, who is, to go back to Japanese animation, who is best girl for Sokka? Yeah, I guess we'll, I guess we'll see as we go along, but. <laughs> exactly. I think it's him and Suki. I think they're the best uh, kind of relationship kind of angle. I think that's interesting, especially since like his family hunted down the last of the dragons and killed them all, we think. And <laughs> or no, even Iroh said he was able to he, he was the one that like went and killed the last dragon, I believe. And uh, I just like that, uh, even though they I guess is it interesting they have a high praise, I guess, for dragons yet they also slaughtered them. That's 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 fascinating to me. Yeah, no, that that is actually interesting. I didn't really consider that element of it. Hmm. It's a road trip show, or at least this season is. So you're getting exactly what, is every single one going to be plot driven and or <laughs> feel more in of the characters stuff? Uh, you know, we I guess people don't get that until episode eight or seven and eight, excuse me, looking at the list uh, later on. But spoilers, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs>